Welcome to Happy Times and Places, in which I, Toby Haydoke, see if I can guess my special guest's favourite things about a Doctor Who story. Hello, my name's Dara Carvel. I'm a playwright and screenwriter. Um, I'm the creator of the ITV crime drama The Bay. And the Doctor Who story I'd like Toby to look at is Kinda. Well, welcome to the jungle. It's part three of Kinda. Uh, Dara Carville uh, is our illustrious guest. I'm grateful to him for choosing such a fascinating story. Um, there's no way I can be as interesting as the story itself, but I shall try my very best. And I hope you are enjoying either discovering it, rediscovering it, or perhaps reassessing it in light of this uh, chat that uh, uh, I'm going to uh, provide you with over the next 25 minutes or so after we've all pressed play. I am on the Blu-ray in three, two, one, go. Phew, right. Um, I mean, I was quite mean about Twitter um, in the last episode, but actually Twitter is the reason I know uh, our illustrious guest, who, lest we forget, is a top TV writer and executive producer who has created his own series uh, uh, that has just been commissioned for a third. What an achievement. ITV, primetime. It's been massively streamed all over the place. He's a guest on this podcast because when I was doing my Who's Round podcast, he offered to put me in touch or try to put me in touch with the actor Sean Caffrey, uh, who played Lord, Lord Palmerdale in Horror of Fang Rock, but sadly Sean was poorly and, and actually uh, died that year. Um, uh, but we, Dara and I, met up for a drink and had a bit of a chat, and then, and sort of kept in touch, you know, online, um, and then bumped into each other um, at a promenade theatre production in uh, Lancaster uh, one Christmas a few years ago, and I realised he lived uh, he lived actually not too far from me. Um, so. Of course, I asked him to do this. But yes, we would not know each other were it not for an initial Twitter chat. Uh, uh, so I know it sometimes seems like there's a load of Doctor Who fans who all meet up in a Doctor Who, who work in, in, the, in the industry, all meet up and don't want to talk to any other Doctor Who fans. It's just absolute pure coincidence uh, that uh, on my friends list is somebody who's done, done extremely well for themselves. Uh, whilst I hang around in obscure corners of the internet trying to be interesting about every single second of Doctor Who, including this, part three of Kinder, which has that brilliant, it doesn't cheat, that scream from Neris Hughes was absolutely right uh, uh, and and brilliantly done and filmed at the end of, of part two and then continues for the payoff uh, here, which is entirely in keeping with what we'd seen before. Um and then the do I love the way the Doctor Dead pans absolutely nothing. He does a sort of cod comedy thing uh, uh, to to prick um, the, 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 the 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 bubble of uh, of uh, Hindle's threat and authority. And Simon Rouse's turn the lights on is is, is brilliant, and this gets very atmospheric. Hindle is scared. Um, uh, the, the the doctor and uh, Todd see what's in the box, which of course there's nothing in the box apart from clarity um, and th the Kinder and Mary Morris beckoning. Um, now the Kinder, 
are an interesting bunch. Here's an observation. So this is, yes, this is what uh, they are seeing in their mind's eye that will take them to, again, the stuff that I, as, a, as a kid I didn't really uh, understand. And it doesn't... It, it, it doesn't go out of its way to explain itself either. Um, I wonder if it could do with a few more lines of explanation or whether the fact that it makes you work hard is is actually part and the parcel of what it's doing and should, you know, we, we complain when stuff is spoon-fed to us. Um, He's got real tears coming out of his eyes there, Richard Todd. Proper actor. Very, very good. Um, bless him. Look at that. and that. Uh, look at that. That's such a wonderful piece of acting. Um, I love this urgency with the door. Uh, this, this, I've mentioned it before about... But the way they tell... She pours... That's great because all of that stuff is potentially very clunky. It has to be done continuous in the studio... They're just leaving a building. They're leaving a dome. But it's Doctor Who, so it has to have some jeopardy to it. So, and, and you do sort of, if you're confronted with a door closing, you go, oh, what am I doing? The Doctor's seen many a door nearly closing. He goes, like, jump and get out. And I love that dynamic uh, that they've got going on. And it's just those little bits that can rescue, um, you know, clunky egress and awkward staging and movement in a you know comparatively small sets um you don't have to worry about that sort of thing when you're making television now so much um because it's not as it's not as continuous but it's stuff that you needed classy and experienced and technically minded actors to do uh their relationship is absolutely brilliant um these two he's um the Davison Doctor's got a thing about Live of Us because I like his relationship with Polly James in uh, The Awakening as well, who was also like Neris Hughes in a series called The Liver Birds, uh, which my mother knew and talked of. Uh, uh, a, a sitcom, comedy sitcom. Um, well, there's Todd wiping his eyes there. Um, now, Adric, of course, has these funny relationships with um, people in, in, in power. Because um, he does it with Monarch in For to Doomsday, um, the story immediately before this, where he's he's not kidding. He, I don't think he genuinely, he genuinely thinks that Monarch has the right ideas, um, and and is a bit of a twit. Uh, and he's sort of doing the same thing here. He says, but he's. I think the impression is that he's he's inveigling his way into into Hindle's trust in order to you know have an have an angle on what's going on but adric does have the habit of of getting into trouble um and i think we were supposed to identify that and find it endearing and i'm 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 not sure that was always the case um it's he's so good he's so good but and, and yes and of course because he's not interesting i was thinking that that hindle was is was, was always quite ranty but he's not at all he's 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 now sort of got that childlike hope of of keeping the outside away and of course you know yeah you know there is something childish about um fear you know uh, even when it's manifested by you know grown-up politicians or you know military people or whatever you know adults 
ad- adults expressing themselves and their paranoias there is something very childlike but you know tri- childish and childlike at the core there's johnny lee miller again film star johnny lee miller now the kinder yes indeed because oh and this is lee corns as the trickster um and it's funny i'm sure i read something somewhere about a studio report it may have been in the unfolding text again um but it, it may have been somewhere else where where lee corns got annoyed or, or uh or, uh, with Peter Grimwade or vice versa or there was a bit of a problem he didn't feel like he was getting enough direction or and and I remember reading that and thinking but hang on he, he he's in Doctor Who he's what what he, he should just be happy the idea that as as an actor you could get frustrated on the studio floor and 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 uh, 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 and, and as a relatively small part actor be annoyed with the director I didn't understand how those dynamics uh, occurred at all um I, I do know and i think lee corns does a does a great job and uh he he became something of uh uh a, a sort of tv regular he was always cropping up in small parts in blackadder and uh he's he's even in the doctor who sketch in the lenny henry show lenny henry does a i think a rather fun doctor who sketch the only bit that annoyed me when he said was when he said perry this is a children's program but uh, lee lee corns is the sort of the scruffy earth man who who helps them uh, uh, and gets left behind. He goes, oi, 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 what about me? Um, uh, but he was he was in all sorts of comedy stuff, uh, Lee Corns, and then became a regular in Grange Hill for ages and ages and ages. Uh, so he's had, he's, yeah, but he was very much an 80s face, a bit like Mark Arden and Danny Peacock and a lot of those guys who were, who, who, who were the sort of, um, yeah, regular comedy character actors in things. Yeah. Uh, I always rather fancied that as a as a, as a as a as a career, you know, that being being that guy that you sort of went, oh, it's him again. Um, uh, so I was, but, but I but I hadn't realised that at the time because I think he probably wasn't quite that yet. Uh, and then when I, you know, realised who Lee Corns was, it was only then looking back over Cassius, go, oh, and he's the guy, and I'd remembered the character. Um, and it's it's another sort of nice addition to the uh to the to the to the cast and another member of the cast who you know has you know who who generates headlines in the uh interesting observation in in the cast observer um which is a newspaper that um only i read and write and she's just walked past there glenn murphy off of london's burning who is dibber in the trial of a time lord the mysterious planet who uh, went on to be in London's Burning, is uncredited in this. He is an extra in this. Uh, Who is an OBE? Now, listen up. I contend off the top of my head, so don't write in, is this the Doctor Who story with the most um, honoured, as in terms of honours from Her Majesty the Queen, guest cast? Because also at the back there, you can see Graham Cole, another Bill alumnus, uh, sir, who plays PC Tony Stamp in the Bill for years and years and years. Who is another sort? Of, he's a he's a different sort of copper. He's the typical sort of stoical, tall, uh, straightforward copper. Um, and and he, who was basically Graham Cole? He was an extra who got promoted because he's an extra in loads of Doctor Who's. Uh, he's Melka, um, uh, and he's a Kinder. And but he went on to I think you know be you know policeman two lines in the bill and gradually got given more and more to do and he's done loads of charity work so he is an obe glenn murphy who went on to be in london's birthing is an 
uh, burning is an OBE, and Richard Todd was a CBE. I'm surprised Richard Todd didn't get knighted, actually. I don't know who he uh, annoyed, because he was a film star, Oscar nominee, uh, and... Uh, uh, he was always doing something like dial dial M for murder, for murder, dial M for murder at the Theatre Royal Bath. Uh, he was, but you know, he was a, he was a genuine movie star, Todd, and a war hero. I mean, his war record is a, 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 astonishing, and um, uh, I don't know if it will be out yet. But if it's not, one of my indefinable magics is about the war records of Doctor Who actors, and Todd was, you know, involved in in some. Uh, quite important battles and and had a you know and was a senior officer um, involved in some quite important moments of the second world war um, and uh, you know without such people um, the world might be in a more parlous state than it is um, but anyway uh, even though he wasn't knighted um, Richard Palethorpe Todd I think he was called I think he was uh, good stock he's he rather sadly though i think he had two sons who committed suicide bless which must be oh dear how terribly sad um uh but anyway yeah todd i i, I once i once was um i once was driven to a location by a driver once and they all they're quite often giving oh well i've driven all sorts in this i remember somebody saying that they had they picked todd up you know quite late in his life he'd agreed to do something but it was you know you've got to pick me up from a front door and drop me back he said todd was an absolute delight what a charming man i like the thing about i don't know how the seven fathers things works i mean presumably you you don't need seven to to create the biological spark because otherwise there'd be all sorts of who goes first um but I, I presume it's to do with the upbringing but uh perhaps we shouldn't perhaps we shouldn't go into that but um uh I, I, I love these uh, scenes that are totally carried by by Simon Rouse, who is who is, as I say, it's it's the commit he commits to it. There's nothing coy about it, and I think you absolutely have to do that. Um, uh, and 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 Grimwade knows where to point the camera as well. Grimwade is a very very good director at ratcheting up the tension, knowing how to the speed of which to cut, where the camera lands, what the framing is. Uh, and, and 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 I and I think we don't necessarily equate those sorts of directors with being good actors directors. Now I don't know whether it's just that he's very good at casting and so lets the actors get on with it because I I have interviewed some actors who who found him either not particularly helpful or a bit standoffish or and I think he was quite testy and quite prissy and and perhaps quite quite he could be quite tricky I think if you weren't on his wavelength and he, and I think he was so intelligent that. Uh, you know he didn't have time to explain stuff to actors who wanted to you know stare at their navel or whatever so i don't know if he just cast well and knew that he could uh let them uh get on with it or whether you know good intelligent actors know that that's what the director is doing and so they trust him because he's clearly doing good work and he doesn't need them to sort of sh they don't need him to sh they don't need to be shepherded through by him but whatever He's a great technical, dramatic storytelling director who also gets very, very good performances from his cast. Um, uh, and 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 this this is great. This day, I mean, it's at the expense of the Doctor, which is which is interesting. Uh, interesting box, Toby. Um, uh, in that you know the Doctor, uh, the Doctor's what is it? He's the. He's the man that's wise enough to know that he's stupid. 
Um, and, and I like the fact that he sort of goes along with it and takes it and that, and that uh, Todd Daris Hughes finds it so amusing. And look at the lighting in this. And I was, I was quite very pleased when um, Mary Morris came out of the cave that you, it looked like it, it might be quite small, but actually it was quite big around her. But I, I love all of um, that this, this, this music... Um, which wasn't on the music record that I had, bizarrely, because it's great. It's really ominous, and it is about the wheel turning. And she... Uh, you, you now, you, you need to be a certain kind of actor to get away with this stuff, and she does it brilliantly. And look at the lighting. That green lighting is superb. Um, who is the lighting director? I must double-check that, because having said that the jungle lighting, you know, is, is on a hiding to nothing... This this cave lighting here, this green stuff is brilliant. This shot of her is superb. But you know, you need an actor like uh, I. I understand. Uh, you know, I can see that there's very good acting in some of the the you know some modern television where it's much quieter, less sort of classically influenced, and and it's people mumbling sadly about. You know, being on benefits or, or or whatever and i understand the importance of that and i and i know it's vital stuff and i you know i do like a i i, I do like a, a a social drama but the stuff that speaks to me is the stuff where you get where you get somebody talking about wheels turning and you know civilizations falling and doing it with contained a contained apocalypse <laughs> is there a is there a is there a is 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 there another form of the word apocalypse you can do something apocalyptically can contained apocalypsism <laughs> can you have that uh uh but you know so yes whilst whilst uh, you know whilst whilst you know low-key kitchen sink socially aware dramas with very naturalistic performances uh, are, are to be admired the the ones that have me acting in my bedroom and thinking about and getting nourished by my meat and drink if you like is this stuff that is you know slightly shakespearean because to me it 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 takes me beyond the confines of our of our current world it it, it it takes me a window into a world that is that is bigger and bolder and scarier and 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 yet more uh, enriching and terrifying and all those sorts of things I, it's just more to get your teeth into um uh and these you know these huge battles between um you know world ending concepts um and this is and 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 I I I I is there's this is there a moment here where she when she does the what are you and it's and it's like a and it's like a sort of lightning bolt it's absolutely extraordinary um, and I and I love her sort of you know she's she's a feared but she's also oh, this uh, yeah and the way that she does that it ends and then she says ends again. Uh, 
she she is uh, Mary Morris is absolutely extraordinary. She she was the sort of actor that was made. Ah, love the way she does that. What are you? And the music really helps as well. That 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 sting, that sharp sting, like a like a cobra spitting, uh, an electronic cobra, but uh, nonetheless. Um, and you know, yeah, it is a load of loincloth extras in front of her. They haven't even got uh, any depth of field in that show. You know, it's just it's that that. They've just given up with that set, really. You know the the the, the whiteness beyond. There's there's, uh, you know, it's 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 a bit like being in the theatre. The set immediately around the actors is giving the impression, and you just have to you just have to imagine the rest of it. Oh, I used to and on my video of this, uh, just as just as it got to the climax of this bit, uh, the video jumped, and so it sort of ruined the clip because I always imagined doing clip compilations to. to do the rounds to show everybody how brilliant Doctor Who was. Um, oh, she's so good. She's so good. Um, and and it is. It's yeah. So what what she's doing here? This this peculiar another. It's another peculiar sequence coming up. Um, uh, and 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 about the inevitability of um, destruction uh, if we're left to our own devices, and of course all of these things, this dome with its explosives and that, and even the suit that uh, uh, you know Adric puts around him, the the TSS machine, the the suit that of course he cannot control. Um, so what he uses to protect himself actually becomes something very destructive. It all it all sort of ties in. Um, this music is terrific as well, and I mean this 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 sequence. I know there are some people who 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 think this sequence is the the best thing in all of Doctor Who. It is it is it is again quite a, an extraordinary and strange thing and. Of course, that explains why that that backdrop is is just clear white because you need it you need it to have this uh, this funny sort of goo video effect that they walk through. Um, and here we go. Uh, and uh, so, oh, you can, another shot of Glenn Glenn Murphy there. So the poor Kinder having to mull about, and it's interesting because I I used to sometimes think back in the day, oh, those those clocks date it but of course only the clocks that we see as modern clocks date it because at, uh, 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 the egg timer the metronome the the sundial they don't date it because they're from the the past it's only that that uh, that 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 clock with with the uh, I, I can't remember what, we've actually got one a bit like that with the uh, the the, the uh, what, uh, where it what's it called it doesn't matter you know the clock I mean the one where it flips uh, round uh, and I, I think I was quite self-conscious about going that well well that, that dates it, it it's uh, because because it looked modern then but they all they all look a little bit old-fashioned um, I suppose it would be nice now perhaps what we need to do with the CGI modern CGI version is to put a few few more modern clocks on some of the plinths but isn't it extraordinary how all this is is a series of different timepieces on stock roman columns um because of course you know a candle isn't dated um uh, and and a few extras and a bit of smoke um and a man from that's life laughing and an alarm clock uh 
and yet it, it signifies the end of everything um what a cliffhanger that would have been but uh they they go they they go for the they go for they go for the slightly more literal one which uh, am I remembering it wrong? Did John Nathan Turner say you can't end on the dream? You have to end a, a bit later. If not, uh, I, I might be wrong on that. Um, but I, I think this is a slightly enforced cliffhanger. But I actually think that's probably a slightly better choice. Um, uh, because I, I think ending on a dream sequence is a bit bold for uh, early 80s Doctor Who. I would be a bit bold now, I think. Um what a strange and beguiling thing it is. It really is strange, isn't it? Um, and I can sort of understand why it's not to everybody's taste. But I love it because I, I think that you can see so much in it. Um, and I also think the the bit that should be a bit pony, the, the you know, the crazy base commander bit is, is done so skillfully. Um, and, and, and the and, and it's got a top director and it's got a top cast and it's got a script that that is asking you questions mike jeffries lighting well done uh mike jeffries um you know a script that is not afraid you know to to, to make you question it uh could a line or two have helped? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The fact that I, the fact that I go away thinking about it every time, and and I'm not quite confident with this. You see, I th I think I think I know what I should say, and then as I'm saying it, I'm going, oh, I need to listen to this, but of course I can't with this podcast. So it's it's tricky. I think that's good. I I because I'm certainly not. I'm not. It's not so out there that I, I I'm clueless, um, and I'm lost. And I'm I, and, and Davison's very good at selling the urgency and all of that. So it's still it's still a drama story at its core, and I still think it works with those fundamentals of four episodic Doctor Who uh, adventure. It's just that not all of it um, is is spoon fed to us, and I think that's I think that's to its credit. And now Dara, he sort of segued into. Uh, I mean, I have to say he's not great. Dara's not great at episode endings here because he's sort of segueing from one to the other and I'm having to guess where to stop. Um, but he said episode three, having sort of made his point about language with episode two, he started making a language point about episode three, which I think is his segue into episode three. So he's good. He's feeding it through to the next episode, you see, rather than stopping on a cliffhanger. But it means that I slightly struggle to know when to stop his points. Um, so he did language for two. What's he going to do for three? Oh, what am I going to do for three? Well, I'm going to sort of roll it all into it. I'm, I'm going to have those those sequences with with Panna, with the, that that shot where she's doing the Mara meat and drink and all of that, and that, and that apocalyptic um, windy music, um, and the dream sequence, all of that stuff about. Um, that the wheel turning and civilization rising and falling and how that is enunciated in, in a in that sort of doomy fashion by by panna into that dream sequence that she conjures so the the dream sequence but but with a bit of retconning um uh, back to the back to the introduction of it as well with 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 panna's summation of um uh 
just how terrible everything is, but which is done so gloriously well. There's another one in episode three um, when Panna says, the wheel turns, civilizations rise, the wheel turns, civilizations fall. Now, there's been a lot said and written about the ideas in Kinda, the Buddhist and Christian um, imagery. But I think what's most powerful for me is not necessarily the intellectual content of, of the story, interesting though that is, but it's the music of the story. It's the poetry, because for me, Kinda is one of the Doctor Who stories that achieves the quality of, of poetry. Ah, oh, well, okay. So the music and the poetry of Kinder. Do I get that because of, because of Panna's stuff? I don't think I don't, I don't think I can. I mean, it doesn't matter. Can I get half a point for that? <laughs> you decide. Um, I, I mean, it's quite nice if it's not really clear whether um, Dara and I are choosing the, the, the same thing. Yeah, it's not clear. I will leave it to the viewer's imagination. You keep questioning whether um, <laughs> we were on the same wavelength or not. Uh, I like that, though, the poetry of the story and the music and, of course, the music being in the language, um, which, which sort of harks back to his point for episode two uh, as well. Uh, I love that episode of Doctor Who. I, I, I really love that stuff in the caves. Um, uh, and I hope you're enjoying this as well. I wonder if it's a story that you like better now than you liked when you were a child. It's certainly the case with me, which, as I say, does sometimes make me ponder and go, well, you know, what's right? Or, well, for me, it's perfect because I'm somebody that revisits Doctor Who over and over again. So it's great for me if I can come back to something and see something different in it and like something more every time I revisit it. Sometimes I like stories less when I revisit them, but that's good because then the next time I go in going, no, I didn't like this as much last time. And I go, oh, no, I like all these things about it. It's great. Um, but that's because I watch Doctor Who too often. Uh, but at least this time, um, I'm talking all the way through it in order to benefit you lot. So I hope that was okay. Um, uh, and that uh, you will join me um, when I will show you a great big pink snake. Uh, uh, that we need to get to grips with uh, in episode four, the final episode of Kinder uh, in the next edition of Happy Times and Places. But for now, it's the end of everything of, as far as this episode is concerned. Bye! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which was presented by me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest was Dara Carville. Special thanks to patrons Ruben Herfindahl, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Cook, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay, Andrew Luke Adkins, Peter Adamson, Will Brooks, Rick Byatt, Paul Carrington, Andy Case, John Curley, Ian Gillespie, James Gould, Lisa C. Greco, Dave Hoskin, and Guy Lambert. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates, and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. 
If you fancy having your name read out on the credits, then you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Toby You also get advanced releases and exclusive material. You could do a one-off contribution if you'd prefer at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby or you could simply just rate and review these podcasts as positively as you can, wherever you can. Any of those things helps, but as does listening, so thanks for doing that too. Please subscribe to the Toby Haydock YouTube channel where you can get video versions of this podcast and you can also tune in to twitch.tv forward slash excessmonarchy every Tuesday night at 8pm where I'll be doing comedy with special guests from the UK, US and beyond stand-up circuit.